You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. Amen. Thank you guys so much. It's great to be here. I just want to start by saying thanks to the eldership team. Um, when you receive the pulpit, it's, it's a privilege. It's shepherd and trust the sheep to you. And so, you know, Jody and Vanessa are away doing apostolic work. This group has come out. I mean, that's going to be part of what we're going to be sharing. And um, I just want to get into it because for me, I want to share the heart of God this morning. We've been discussing relationships. Um, and for me, there's three PC comments I want to make um, just on relationships. And I believe that through these statements is how we can experience the full life of God in our relationships and beyond. Primarily, our relationship with Him, and then our relationship with others. Um, and so for me, I'm a practical person. I'm a son of an engineer. Um, and so I try and look uh, raised practically. And so we're just going to go through some steps that I'm hoping when you leave here today, the, the aim is that you will be able to have deeper relationships with God and other people. Um, because that's what we're called to do. And so um, the first PC statement I'm making is the pursuit of His character. That's where it has to start. It has to start with us going after the heart of God. And um, the character, the word character means chisel or the result of chiseling. So if we look at the original text of which we get our word character from, it's actually the tool that they used to use of chiseling. And then the result of that would be uh, they broadened it to be the, the sculpture that the chisel would sculpt. And so that's character, right? And we see Hebrews 1 verse 3. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he has provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And that exact, those words, exact representation is character. That's the word character. The exact representation. And that's what Jesus has, the exact representation of God, the heart of God is found in Jesus. And so if we are going to be people of God, we need to know the heart of God, and therefore we have to go after that heart and sculpt, allow God to, I love how Jody last week was saying how we jackhammer, right, or chisel away in what's left. And sometimes we have to allow God to chisel away to get to the purest form of our character and then remold that to be more like Him. Um, in Genesis 1 verse 26, we go back to how we were created. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. It starts with God created us in his image. Let us, that us is the trinity of God. And, and it's important we understand that it was the image of the trinity, not just of the one, right? The trinity is important because we'll see later how Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the importance of that is Jesus said, I've sent you the Holy Spirit so that we know the image, the character of God by the Holy Spirit who points us to Jesus, who points us to the Father. Do, can we know the character of God? Yes, we can. Our job is to pursue that. Our lives should be pursuing the character of God. That word image in that Genesis text is photograph. It's where the, the Hebrew gets their word for photograph. It's the exact image. And I want to show you a or a stamp, right? The sound of that, I love that as an accounting. Um, but the exact replication, right? What's on that stamp is exactly replicated onto the paper. 
And that's what the character of God is. We are meant to be the exact image of God. That's how he created us in the beginning, was the exact image. When people saw us, they should be seeing a photo of Jesus. And that's where we need to be at. And so we're going to look at someone that uh, I, I want to start first by saying how even the disciples were battling with this, right? And uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples and says, I'm going to go prepare a place. We know this in John 14, right? And God says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Um, and then we know doubting Thomas, he always wants to see something in the physical. Some of us are like that. We want to see it. Um, he's the one that asked for the hands. Um, and he says, well, Show us the way. How do we get there? Give us the map. Give us GPS coordinates. I want to see this map land out for us. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. And we're going to pick it up in verse 11 where Philip now gets involved. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Church, is that enough for us? Just to see the character of God and have the character. That should be enough. And that's Philip's response. That will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. And if we are going to be a people after God's heart, we're going to Carry on that and say it's the Holy Spirit that Jesus has given doing the work in us, transforming and chiseling our, our hearts to be his character. And so I want to quickly look at, like I said, I'm practical. So there was a man in the Bible known as the man after God's own heart. And we know that is David, right? And we're going to pick it up in 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel. So Samuel's now, Saul's basically taking the right of kingship from Saul um, and he's going to give it to David. But we get to see this because we've got scripture. They live in this out. So just understand that. Um, and so they put all, Jesse puts all his sons. David's in the fields. Don't worry about him. These are my sons that I think are the, the strongest, the most affluent, like the best, right? To be representing as king. And, and so Samuel, even as a prophet of God, a messenger of God, goes through them. And he's like, wow, this one, this one looks the part, you know, this one. And, and this is what God says. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, the character of a person. What is our character? Is it being transformed? Because that's what God's looking at. We can do all these fancy things outwardly, but unless we do it with a right heart, the righteousness of Christ in us, transforming our hearts, it's actually in vain, right? we the Bible talks about being the sounding gong. We just, bang, no purpose but making a sound. We need to be those people. And um, Acts 13 verse 22, I, I just love this because we can say, well, that's Old Testament. David was Old Testament. But in Acts, we see he brings it in. Um, after removing Saul, he made David the king. God testified concerning him. So God himself testified about David. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Man. So even God testified about him. This is a man of my own heart. He'll do everything I want you to do. He, uh, I want him to do. And we can say, yes, that's great. But I know the story of David, right? And I know how he slept with Bathsheba. He saw in the window and he took another um, man's wife as his own. And then had that man put in the front lines to be killed. 
And so we can say, but how's that the heart of God coming out? And I love how Psalm 51 picks it up. Because remember, David is the man after God's own heart. Not perfect, but the heart was in the right place. And we pick this up in Psalm 51. Remember, Nathan, the prophet, comes to David and he's talking about this this rich king that has all these uh, animals. And then there's this poor man that only has one ewe. And then the king, instead of taking from his plenty, takes the one and sacrifices it. And David says, bring that man to me. He should surely die. And Nathan says, you are that man. You have taken. And David says, comes to this place. And so we see that he, he was a sinful man. He, he committed sin. Many of us, we are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. We, but the heart is what God's after. Not the action. The heart. The overflow of the heart. The mouth will speak. So Psalm 51. I want, I'm going to read this. It's quite a long passage from verse 3 to 12. But here... David's heart in response to acknowledging what he's done and who he is. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity, creating me a pure heart. I want to say that again. Creating me a pure heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not Cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. What a message. Understanding that I am a sinful man, but I can go to a loving God. I just love, I was looking up what that hyssop, like what's the, and that was just a, a mint plant that they would use to take the blood from the sacrifice to the sinner and to paint them. And, and so what, what David realized is I can go to God and say, wash me clean. And creating me this new heart, creating me your character. Chisel away those things that need to be adjusted so that I can come after you. We need to be people that are willing to be chiseled. We have to present ourselves as people willing. The greatest expression of character is love. The greatest expression, I believe, is sacrificial love, not just normal love. That is not a feeling that, oh, I love that person. No, no, no. A deep love of saying, actually, I love them so much, I'm willing to die. To give every want, every need, every desire, every bit of me for this, for this person. It's a sacrificial love, and Jesus demonstrated that on the cross. We need to pick up our cross and follow him. This is character building, right? In Ezekiel 36, verse 26, I'm just going to reference it quickly. Is he says, I want to take the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And then in Acts, it says that he's written not on the heart of stone, but written the laws on the heart of flesh. And that's old covenant is, the, remember that Moses was given the tablets of law. But he's saying, I'm going to give you the law, but through grace, through this flesh. We're going to work it out. In your character, we're going to deal with it. Not just in your outward appearance, but let's get back to the root of heart. And we're going to deal with the heart of flesh. Um, and it's just incredible. Sarah, we were just chatting this through and... Um, she was just telling me about her time trans uh, when she went to Papua New Guinea into a remote tribe. Um, 
you need to sit down and have some stories with Sarah. She's got some. I love the picture of her carrying wood. I don't know if it's just me, but African men maybe are used to women carrying things on their head, and that was appealing. Um, but, but that, you know, I just think of um, just she was telling me how they didn't have in their language or dialects a word for love. So how do you translate for God so loved the world that he gave? They didn't have a word. They didn't have a word in their dialect for love. But they did have this knowledge that from within their center core came this, this action of love, right? It was from the sense of them, which is interesting because they think the sense of you is not the heart but the liver. So the translators came up with this translation, understanding, because in translation you have to meet where people are and, and bring them to the truth. Um, and the translators wrote that it was, God, it was so God's heart for the world that he gave uh, his son. It was so God's heart that he gave. And I love this. It's his very nature, his character. It's out of that that he gave. The expression of love is actually his heart poured out into us and through us. And that's what we need to be pursuing. Are we running after and allowing God to sculpt our hearts to be after him? We've got to start. Every relationship starts with our pursuits of him. Um, and I just, like, how do we practically do this? And, you know, for me, I've been cycling, trying to get fit. God convicted me. I, I mean, do exercise is of some value, the Bible says. I, and I, I've realized it's not because you get fit. It's because when you're tired, he speaks the most. And... Um, I've just been on rides, and I don't ride for casual riding. I'm riding to train. I want to be faster than I was yesterday. I want to be stronger than I was yesterday. And, and I'm going on this journey more with God. Like Sarah will be like, you need to go with God on a ride now, you know, because when I come back, I'm like, this is what God said. This was, And God's changing my heart, right? And one of the things, I come from a small city. Well, it's not even a city. It's a town with four four-way stops called Donata. Um you don't even know it. People in South Africa probably don't even know it. And so a small town, Donata, and I've always battled with confidence because I've been, I come from this small town that no one really knows or even cares about. And it's got four, four way stops and what's much is going to come out of the city, right? And it always struggled. Even in school, I've struggled. Like, where do you come from? Well, do I have to say Donata? Like, that's where I come from. And, um, and that's my whole upbringing, right, is this place. And God just gave me two scriptures. And he said in 1 Samuel 9 verse 21, it says, so, uh, Saul answered, but I am a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel. And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? Right? And so he's in the same predicaments. I'm the least of these. And then God gave me the scripture in 1 Samuel verse 7, uh, chapter 17, verse 32 and 37. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. The Lord who rescued me from the paw and the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. And for you, you could say, well, those are just two scriptures. But this is what I'm trying to get at is we need to go after what is the God's heart through those two scriptures? Because when I was saying, Lord, what is your heart? Like, I want confidence in you. Godfidence, if you want a word, is we need that. We don't need confidence. We need Godfidence. And, and that comes from God had to deal with my character. It's what are you basing your, your upbringing on? Is it what I've taught you or is what, where you come from? Are you a spiritually a son in the house or are you still a physical person coming from a place no one really knows or cares about? And I am a son in the house. My confidence changed because I'm a son of the king that owns every nation. 
that rules is far above anything, has called me by name to come out and go after him. We need to pursue God's heart because we need to find our identity. Is we going back to Genesis? What is the image, the imprint, the, the stamp of our lives of Jesus? Because that gives us confidence. What is our character molded to is determined by how are we finding the character of God in our lives. So Matthew 6, verse um, 21, uh, chapter 6, verse 21, for where the treasure is, your heart will also be. What is our treasure, church? What is your treasure? Is it your baseball team? Is it your work? Is it your family? What is our treasure? And that leads us to our second relationship. We need to determine, are we after the heart of God or the heart of being popular, the heart of the world? What is our heart attitude? Who are we after? And who are we allowing to sculpt and chisel our character? Our character is being sculpted. Who are we allowing to do it? And that leads me to my second point, which is participation in community, PC, right? Another PC statement, participation in his community. Let me just check time. Um, and the definition, I, wanna, I always go to definitions because I want to get true understanding of what the word means before we use it, right? And the particular characteristic in common, a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes. This is what community is. A feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Church, that should, our community is this, RLA and the broader church. It's not East LA. We're in a community of East LA, but our primary community should be our church because why? The most common thing we should be sharing is Jesus. That should be the center focus of why we come together. The center focus of every relationship should be Jesus. What is our most common thing is Jesus. And then all these things are added. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things are added. And we need to pursue the heart of God. And once we have the heart of God, we see that we prioritize his kingdom and his community. And we prioritize him and we develop community. And so, um, so Genesis 2 verse 18, how do we know that God wants us to be in community? It's so important. Is Genesis 2 verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And often that's right to our wives. Um, but I believe even beyond that, because God used that to multiply, to grow a community centered around Jesus. We've got to come to that because if we don't, bad company corrupts good character. So no matter how much you're working on character, if we're not in a good community, centered on the same thing we're sharing. Community is sharing something in common. If we're not sharing Jesus as common, something else is starting to influence our character. Something else is sculpting us. John, um, John 14 verse 8, the heart of God again. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Psalm 68 verse 5, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in the sun-scorched land. Those that choose not to be with others are going to live in the sun-scorched land. There's blessing, there's prosperity when we come together in community. I just think even today, Sarah was up here. We, had fam we don't have family. This is our family. God's placed us in this family. This is our family. It's been here since we moved here. We had nothing but you guys as family. And let me tell you, we've learned family. Sarah and myself come from broken families, and we've had to learn family. And you guys have shown that. The word fellowship in Greek, right? Uh, uh, let's just go Acts 2 verse 42. So we see the birth of the church in Acts. So this is the community 
of believers, the gathering of believers, is community, which is the church. And we see this birthed in Acts, right? That Jesus tells them, wait for the Holy Spirit. I'm going to the Father, and I will send the Holy Spirit. So what? So you can have the character of God with you. And wait for that. And then when you get that, you'll be empowered, right? And so Acts 2, we pick up the Holy Spirit comes. Peter gives us amazing preach of the gospel. And those who accepted this message were baptized. Acts 2 verse 42. Those who accepted this message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to the number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devoted themselves. We need to devote. Every single one of us should be devoting ourselves. Not someone, hey, can you be devoted to this? Can you try and do this? No, they, 3,000. Imagine if we walk out of this church today and there's 3,000 people standing outside. What are we going to do? We're going to teach them the gospel. Devote yourself. We can't be with you all the time. Devote yourself. You've got to partake of this. You've got to participate. Remember, we are participating in community. Joint participation. It's equal. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. That word fellowship is the, the Greek word is koinonia, koinonia, sorry, um, which is the joint participation. Fellowship, a gift jointly contributed. It's the intimate, it's not just, hey, how you doing? You know, let's go to a braai or a barbecue uh, and hang out. It's, it's deeper than that. It's sharing something much deeper, centered around something that we're sharing much more. And I love that picture of fellowship, right? It's two fellows on one ship. Um, and I just remember, um, I mean, for me, it's been drummed into me. It's two fellows on one ship, but it's not a cruise liner. It's a battleship. Every single person on that ship has a responsibility. You're all involved in the battleship's running and the work that that battleship has to do. Every single person on that ship, um, I'm sure, like, Val, I think, was on a ship, or I know Sarah's dad was on ships, and... Every single person, whether it's painting that ship or cleaning the ship or cooking food, everybody had their responsibility. They all had to be part of it. It was a joint, that ship's movement and activity was a joint um, time of participation. And church, we are not a cruise liner. We're not just coming for the few to come here and experience what some people can entertain. We're not coming for entertainment. We're coming to participate. This is the church where we come and have half-time meetings, but out there is where we go and do the activity of the work of God. And so Acts, 2, uh, Acts 4 verse 32, we carry on seeing this development of community in the church. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that, they, um, that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had, not just finances, everything they had, they shared. It's such a privilege. We've experienced in our home group. I, I want to say that we have the best home group. Um, and I believe every home group should be saying that. We have the best home group because that's our community. And I've just I've let people use my car um, and go places, go to Dodger Game. Even when we're not here, people have looked after our stuff. And there's this community we all shared, right? And nobody wants it, was in need. Um, even in this COVID time, we had families that were in need. And we we're just able to help each other. That's community. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33 to 34. Uh, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. We need to be careful of who we're hanging around with. Who are we allowing to sculpt us? And some questions we need to ask ourselves. I, I was just challenged. And these are questions I was asking myself. And God, I felt God say, ask them. 
What are our main interests, main goals, main attitudes, uh, attitudes centered around? What or who is our main thing? I can't answer that for you. I can answer it for me. You need to answer it for you. What is your main thing? Is it Jesus, the king and his kingdom? Seek first. Are we really? I mean, we can, we can physically show it. But in the character of what, who God is in us, is it true that the main thing? Are we, are we seen? Are people, when they see you, seeing the photo of Jesus? Are they seeing, whoa, man, have you seen Jesus? No, I saw Steve today. No, I saw Jesus in Steve, you know. That's how we should be. And it takes us going after the heart of God. We cannot get community until we understand our pursuit of God comes first. We need to, as individuals, pursue that. And then we come into a community because we have this in common. You know, just there's a protective thing. That's the enemy will go for those that are singled out. And God puts protection of community for his people. Which leads us to the, the third thing I'd like us to discuss is the participation, uh, the partnership within the commission. That not only does God call us to follow him and to have his heart and to sculpt us, but when we do, he places us in family. Jesus himself demonstrated this, right? He, he didn't just come to earth and just do his thing. He could have. He didn't even have to come to earth. But he chose 12 men to come and follow me. Come and, come and rub shoulders with me. Come and allow me to adjust your character. And 12 men went and changed the world that we know today. Twelve men, because they were men after the God of the heart of God. And they were men pursuing that. The character transformed in them. And then we see that they formed this community of 13, right? And then from that community of 13, we see the going, the commission of God. So what's going back? Let's go to the definition of what is commission. We all know the Great Commission. Some are called to Great Commission. The group of people officially charged with a particular function. That's the meaning of commission, right? We don't see the word commission in the, in the Bible, but we know it as the great commission, and we're going to look at that. But it's a, a people officially charged with a particular function. So if we believe in Jesus, and we call ourselves disciples or Christ-like, you have been commissioned. There's no question. The Bible, if I say you're not, then I'm going against the Bible, and that's heresy. You have been commissioned because he commissions his bride. We are the bride. A bride that does not move is a corpse, right? A heart that does not have blood flow is dead. We are the bride of Christ. We are one body. Revelations 19 verse 7 to 8. I love, I love Revelations and just seeing the heart of the, the coming, you know. Um, and let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. She made herself ready. I believe that's in, hey, we got parts of our body missing. We need to get right. We need to get dressed up for this occasion. The king is coming. And we are preparing the bride. We are the bride. We need to understand that. When God, Jesus is coming back for one thing, his bride. And we got to, there's many that are still part of it. And 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 14 says, Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its, its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So the body 
not everyone's a finger. Imagine if the body was a finger. I think there's some cartoons my kids have been watching where um, the, the thumb or something. That's not us. We're not a thumb. We're not just a pointing finger of judgment. You know, we're not just a head. We're not just a toe. We're not just, we are full body. And I feel God is wanting to remind us of that. We are the body of Christ. We need to be moving. In Matthew 28, this is the great commission we, we see. Is Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, so this in my Bible was read, right? Which is, means it was the words of God. They wrote the exact words of God. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Full stop. All authority has been given to Jesus. This is important because the next word is therefore. Therefore means because of something prior, this needs to happen. So because the authority of Jesus, Jesus has all authority, therefore go. And so many of us, I think the struggle in our going is the recognition of his authority in us. It's his authority. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. It's everything or nothing. Um, Revelation speaks about the lukewarm. You get spit out. He vomits you out. Um, and so all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's partnership in commission. We don't just go without God calling us to go, and we don't go unless he says go, but he has said go. Because all authority has been given to him. If we're going to recognize his authority in our lives, then our going is, is, is happening, right? Um, and I know for me, and, and I'm going to share a quick story. So often for me, and Sarah, this has been our hearts, right? Um, is the going. We've loved nations. And God's had to do an adjustment, character, going after the character of God. Um, and just in this church planting stage, God came and adjusted character. Because for me, it was, I would be at a base church and always going. Some are called to that. But God said to me and challenged me, is like, Linton, if you think only going to the nations is who I am, you're wrong. We only reach the nations by planting New Testament churches. It's my method, not the method of NCMI or anything. It's God's orchestrated, written method. And I had to repent before God, repent, change my view of, I'm not only called to the nations, we're called to plant churches. Let me tell you, we're all called to be part, jointly participation in church planting. And I'm not saying that just for us. I think there's many church plants coming from this church. There are going to be, people have to send church plants out. People have to equip people to, to be willing to church plant. It's, it's a big battleship of church planting, right? Everybody's got to play their parts. And that was a conviction for me. Um, and so that he's with us to the end of the age. The, we're all on a gospel adventure. Not, in, not one of us is, oh, I'm not called to a, a, an adventure with God. Every single one of us is called to a gospel adventure. You know, I was so proud of my boys today. Um, Sarah and myself have been allowing them to hang on a wall with their neighbor and just spend time. We, we're trying to cultivate this thing of discipleship and of sharing the gospel but through love and relationship, right? And um, so they, we, their grand's been hesitant to let him come into their yard, and we've been hesitant to let our kids go over there. So they meet on the wall. They climb on the wall, and they all sit there and play with their um, Pokemon cards. And we've just allowed. Liam, surprisingly, is the one that's really been going after this. 
And today, Aiden, you'll see, is hanging around with them, is, is that neighbor that they've been spending time with. But Liam was the one that said, hey, you want to come to church with me today? And I, I just love this because that's, that's where it starts, right? In Acts uh, 1 to 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's not all. Can I say it's not Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria or to the ends of the earth? It's, the Bible doesn't say that. It says and. And we're all called to go to all the nations. There's no doubt about that. That's what Scripture says. But the way we do it is going to be different. And we also call to our neighbors. We call to those in our workplaces. We call to those in the nations next to us. We call to Los Angeles. We call to California, United States, and to the ends of the world. It doesn't only go to the end. And for me, that had to be something we had to understand is our neighbors here. There's the cities here. And when we practice and we live out the word of God, allow him to just character, then the nations become a, a hunger. And sometimes we need to go to the nations to find the core. So many of the people I've seen go have developed character in God because of their going. Um, and so the word is go, right? It is the only way to get the gospel out. You know, the word gospel is breaking news. It's like when it comes on the TV, breaking news. Jesus died for you. That's the gospel. The word gospel means breaking news. Are we heralds, right? Habakkuk talks about to write it down, make it plain so that a herald can run with it. Are we heralds of the gospel? Are we bringing truth to our workplaces? Are we bringing, you know, and it's sometimes easier to go to the nations because you might never see them again, right? And I hope that's never our heart because I've seen more missions hurt people like that than relationship built. And that's why it's important we build relationship. Um, but it's, it's going is part of God. You know, I just think of that word go is in God. G-O is in the name God. It's, it's recalled. It's his very nature is recalled. John Piper wrote this. He says, missions exist because worship doesn't. People don't know their reverence of God. They don't know and pursue and allow God to mold their character. They haven't found that image that they were created in yet. And so we've got to bring them to that place to say, you are in the image of God. Your image, your identity is Jesus. We've got to bring them to that place. And when we bring in every single person to that place, they find their identity. I'm a child of God. I'm not from this place. I haven't done this sin. I haven't done that wrong. I'm a heart after God. No matter where I've come from, the, the blood of Jesus can make me white as snow again. That's what we call to. And I just think our fondest moments, think of your fondest moments with your family. Um, I don't think any one of you, if you've gone outside of your home on a family vacation, will say that your fondest moment is sitting at home watching TV. I don't think so. Like, how many people would say, I did not like going to Big Bear or, you know, we've gone to Sequoia and, I mean, any trip. Like, we've had some rough trips here and myself with, for the gospel. People were eventually saying, I don't want to go with Linton because every trip he goes on fails. Um, and we were stuck. We've had to go into hiding in Zimbabwe and, and stuff like that. It's been, it's been amazing. But it's those testimonies that come out of those hardships. You know, there's pressure on the stamp. It's not easy, right? There's a hitting that has to happen. But the imprint is the perfect image of what was pushed upon us. And sometimes it's that sculpting. You know, we were chatting yesterday with some people from the home group. 
um, just talking about how, how do we know there's that psalm that says, how do you know when I'm going to purify you like silver? And how, uh, I remember one lady went and did a Bible study on this. How do I know when, when silver's purified? And it says, when I can see my image in it. God is purifying us to go again, to be his image. And it's, it's, it's a cycle. I want to say it's a cycle. We, we pursue the heart of God. We go after him with all we have. We then fit into a community because we have this one thing in common, right? We have Jesus as our center. And then from that, we can go and take that to others, the good message of what's been our character that's been adapted and sculpted to be more like him is in the going. Jesus sent out his disciples. I love that. How many disciples stayed back with Jesus when he sent them out? How many? None. Not one. He didn't say, well, let's, okay, let's split this up. We're going to have some go out, some will stay. Every single disciple he sent out. And we're all called to send. And, and it goes, we reach those neighbors. We reach the cities. We reach our workplaces. And then we come back to those people have to develop their character, their heart. They get fitted into a community and have the heart after God. And then they are reaching out. And then we come back to those people are reaching other people that have to go after the heart of God. And it's just a cycle that develops of the heart of God, a pursuit of relationship. Are we pursuing the heart of God? Church, I want to say that there's no greater thing, there's no greater reward than to go after the heart of God. And I want to end there. But I, I was wondering if the worship team can come up. And I don't know how this is going to, honestly, this has been a work in my heart. But I just felt more than what I can say, I felt God was saying, well, let me do. Let me do. Let me sculpt. And some of us have gone through hard stuff, um, even today, you know, just... Maybe you've got some news. I know for me, I just heard my cousin that I've never met. I was rushed to hospital not breathing. Just in South Africa, there's COVID that's rampant, you know. And I said, sir, I don't really want to hear this right now, you know. And, and God's saying, whoa, whoa, just I'm with you. I'm with him. Let me sculpt character. Um, and so what is your character? What, what have you gone through? I want to say, let's leave it behind today. Whatever you've, your sin, let's have a heart like David. Okay, Lord, wash me. Wash me again. Give me your heart. Make my heart pure. Make my character within me like yours. And then, Lord, help me contribute jointly. How are we participating in this gospel adventure? How are we jointly sharing with what our experiences? There are people in this room that I've sat with that have got amazing testimonies that we need to share with others. There's amazing testimonies. There's things we need to share to strengthen each other and encourage each other. God has called you. You are the image, the representation. If you have given your life to Jesus, you are the image, the photograph of Him. Allow Him to adjust your heart to represent Him better, to be more like Him. Sanctification, we're not just about being saved. It's being saved continually. We've been saved, but we are continually being transformed pour out by the renewing of our mind hard after God it takes time with him and this morning I just felt that even in worship I just felt the presence of God I was like Lord just have your way Like I don't need to share and God's like I'll do my parts but share and then let people give their hearts and whatever that is so often it's not bad repenting I've had to learn this repenting is a good thing and it's repenting and repenting because when God changes our character and he molds, we find mistakes and flaws that we didn't like about ourselves. 
but we get to repent, change view, and see the heart of God in that. God, I've learned to just repent. Repent as often as God changes my heart and sculpts it so that I can see his heart again. Amen. So let's worship church and let's, even if you just want to stand, let's just just let our hearts be be for him. Lord, create in me a pure heart.
while we were worshiping, uh, I just felt God was saying, cracks develop because chunks come off. Don't be upset with cracks. They're not faults. They're developments. Every crack, Lord, you're worthy. Every chip, every breaking, you are worthy of it all. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your work that you start and you, you bring it to completion. You have not left us as orphans. You do not leave us nor forsake us. Creating us a pure heart. Thank you for community that you've placed us in. Thank you to the nations you've given us as our inheritance. You are worthy of it all. Jesus' name. Thanks, guys. Awesome stuff. Great stuff, Linton. Lord, you are, be glorified. Be glorified, God, in the lives that are represented here today, Lord. Those who are standing and sitting, God. Lord, we will continue to pursue your character. We will continue to just be a drink offering, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that this world will know that they know that they know that we are children of God. That daily we are being transformed. Daily we are being molded to look more and more like you, God. Lord, we thank you, God, for this morning. We thank you for this day, God. We thank you, Lord, for your call, for the purpose that you have placed on us, God. Lord, this church would say yes and amen. Lord, we love you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Church, let's give them praise. Awesome. 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 Hey, guys. Amazing word, Linton. Thank you so much, man. Um, Lord, thank you for this word. I pray, Lord, a church that we will continue to pursue, continue to pursue that heart, continue to look like Jesus day in and day out. Amen? Awesome. So that concludes our Sunday morning. I'll see you next week, 4th of July. We will be uh, celebrating our independence as a nation, and hopefully we'll be celebrating our, our dependence on Jesus. Amen? Awesome. See you guys tonight, 6 p.m. worship night. Go grab your kids. Go grab a coffee with each other. Spread some love. Amen.